Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon everyone, welcome to the Royal Blue podcast, brought to you by Beer52.com. Our drunken ramblings are aptly being sponsored by this craft beer company, we're offering you a not too bad at all offer. You can get 8 craft beers for just 14 quid, that's a tenner off the usual price. All you have to do is go to the Beer52.com website and enter the code ECHOBLOCKCAPITAL at your checkout. Um, they'll also weigh you in with a 100 page magazine about the various beers and a beer snack, free next day delivery and a flexible monthly description if you like it enough to continue. Anyway, on with the podcast and we probably wish we had a creative beer 52 on the go as we look back, Phil, at Saturday at the Olympics, London Stadium, sorry, West Ham. And I don't think I've ever sound, heard you sound quite so broken as you did when you were <laughs> making your way back oh, yeah. from East London. Um, it was just awful, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, horrific. It was an ordeal, I think, is the best way, wasn't it? It was um, painful to watch. You know, what you know, what people in the stands must have been thinking as well, because hard-earned money, all day travelling down there, it's just dross, to be honest. And you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't just those of an Everton persuasion who were. You know, in the press box, he was sort of saying how bad this game was because West Ham fans thought it was a decent point, given that they're in trouble. You know, all of the sort of assembled national media around us were just pale with boredom. Sounds uh, sounds great. I should say, sorry, we've got a slightly rejig cast for this episode, joined by Neil Jones and our colleagues here. And Neil, you uh, you went. In East London, which felt no, luckily, luckily for you. I was too scared to go down. Boy, that West Ham fans, I was terrified. Yeah, and I still think bumping into them would probably have been preferable to being yeah. in the stadium to it's watch been that. Comedy value, there, yeah. wasn't it? What I mean is, the thing is, Everton have been absolutely scintillating at Goodison, but my sort of increasing fear is that you can't even consider them credible contenders for the top four next season until they sort out that way form because that contrast. It's just not right, is it? Yeah, well, Phil and I were at Middlesbrough not yeah. too long ago. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah. I mean, if, if West Ham was worse than Middlesbrough, it was. Yeah, much worse. Yes. Yeah, I mean that that's a, that's that's awful. You know that that, that is so bad. Um, I I actually uh, I actually had Evan on a coupon on on Saturday. Why? It was, over one, <laughs> it was an over one and a half goals coupon, and as Phil said on Monday, he said I don't think they had over one and a half shots. <laughs> so I think, I think that sums it up really. You're right. You're right. Everton's Everton's away form compared to the home form is very different, isn't it? It's just it's just chalk and cheese. Um, but that often is the case with with teams that are aspiring to that level. You think of Tottenham. Even now, Tottenham still have a bit of a problem away from home against good sides. I mean, not that West Ham are a particularly good side this season, but 
I think that after we've said it a few times this season that that's a, a next step for Everton, isn't it? To, yeah, to, to go and get a big away win and and, and and some consistent away performances. No, I think consistency is the key because you know all, all things being equal, Everton's home form probably won't be as good next season as it's been this season. Yeah. You know, they're going into two games left and they've only lost once, which is an incredible turnaround given how how uh, how poor they had been at Goodison. So we've got to accept that you know. There's a good chance that they won't be as formidable at Goodison. You know, I still expect them to be very strong, but not quite as good. So you're gonna to have to prop that up with a significant turnaround away from home. But it's it's difficult to kind of put your finger on why why they've been so the the, the drop off has been so significant and so huge because it's the same players, the same squad largely that have done it at Goodison. Very strange, and I don't think there's been. Many away games where you've gone, they've played really well there. I thought Palace, they played well and got yeah. the win. I thought it was a really good kind of what you would call a traditional away performance. Um, and then there's not too many. West Brom early on was, was, was all right in the second half, but even still, Koeman, you know, as everybody knows, has to go and rip it up after 30 minutes. So it's been a problem from the off, and it's, um, you know, there's been a few contenders for worst away performance of the season. Southampton in December was. Terrible, but uh, West Ham will lift that trophy. I think. Well, yeah, the Tavi as well. But they're actually, in comparison, Everton were were were. You would look at Everton in the derby to Everton on Saturday and go, "Oh, Everton in the derby were quite good, weren't?" They? <laughs> I, I think perhaps Everton have got a fair few players, and I think we can we can sort of suggest who they are. I think they've got a fair few players who I think feed off off a crowd and feed off a little bit of needle. And if it isn't there in their favour, I don't. I, I think that that affects them. And you know, I I believe the atmosphere at uh, the London Stadium is is you know poor at best, even on even mm. on a good day for West Ham. And I, I can't imagine you get too many players. You think of someone like Lukaku or or, or even Ross, yeah. who would be right up for a game at the London Stadium. I think they can they can allow themselves to drift into snooze mode a little bit, whereas perhaps at Goodison you can't do that when yeah. they know that if you let one run under your foot or you you you, you hit the first man with a cross or whatever, that you're gonna there's gonna be a reaction. Whereas I think big pitch, bit of open space and sort of a, a sort of yawny sort of afternoon in, in Buzz, April, yeah. I think I think you you might get players who'll drift into that mode and that's that's a reflection of the general quality of the squad, I think. I was I was having this discussion with, with Michael Ball and um, going through his column yesterday and I, I kind of put it to him because well, he kind of said something similar and I said, well, doesn't this all boil down to the calibre of player that Everton still have in the squad and ultimately have we not still not got that player who in those situations will shake off this kind of apathy that might have been going through the team on Saturday and it's gone, actually... These West Ham are there for an absolute taking. We should be mauling these up. Let's get at them. I'll I'll be the one to get my foot on the ball and create. And that that's kind of perhaps the more alarming thing that we still haven't got that player. But then maybe that's nothing new to Ronald. You know, as you say, at home it's a different kettle of fish. Everybody's at it. Everybody's g'd up, and everybody feeds off everybody else. But in those sort of quiet, mundane games, which but ultimately those are sort of games that will next season. Are going to determine whether Everton is serious about the top four or not, aren't they? Because you can't you can't be in the top four and go to a patched up West Ham and draw nil nil and have you, you two about, shots on target every week. You spoke about the home form next season, and the the, the the other thing is that they're gonna they're gonna be playing a lot of these games on a Sunday, aren't they? These home games, yeah. you know, if if it goes to plan in the qualifiers yeah, yeah. in the Europa League, so they're gonna be playing 
sort of Thursday, Sunday games. We know they're difficult. Mm. So they do have to improve their way form because that can easily be now this time next season or this this time sort of uh, October. And if you talk about going to West Ham after a, a long trip to Kiev or to, yeah. to Donetsk or to Braga or somewhere like that and, you, and you're coming back to play West Ham away, yeah. you, you might not get a nil-nil in. But it also boils down to as well, and, I, and when I was saying about a player and, and obviously we're working off a, a list of players we believe to be on, on, on the transfer targets. When I'm saying about players to lift the performance in those situations, two people would come to mind that we understand that they're interested in. One would be Rooney and the other would be Sigurdsson. Now, both of those players different players in some respects. What you would say both have got is excellent set-piece delivery. Yeah. Now, when Everton had the opportunity on Saturday, there was nothing winning. And you know what I mean? It's those sort of games you can see it, can't you? Yeah. Oh, Everton have... You know, in Roberto's first season at Swansea, Ross, free kick won the game. You know, that's the kind of game, you know what I mean, where <coughs> you can yeah. see it now next season. That Sunday afternoon, rubbish game, Everton grind out win with free kick from Sigurdsson. Do you know what I mean? It's that yeah. kind of situation and... That's the calibre and the quality that Everton are still going to have to inject if they're going to be serious about top four. But you know, Rob knows that. That brings us on to an idea we, we've we discussed beforehand about you know we're talking Everton's number one priority when the window opens. I think we all accept that one of them has to be that they try and do business quicker than usual, which isn't saying much. And I think Borley said didn't he as well? He doesn't want to see any deadline day uh, arrivals as we've so often been the case. There's no excuses this summer, by the way. You know, Steve Walsh had his time to bed in, and I think it has to be a case of ducks in a row early signed up. Mm. But that first man through the door, okay, not the not the one who you think practically might be lads, but if you in terms of the importance to Everton's team for next season, Phil, I suspect I might know who you'll say. But we'll start with you, Jonesy. Who do you think it has to be? That first name through the door, that first player. Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take you off course, but. If Lukaku is going, yeah. it has to be his. Yeah. It has to be his replacement. Yeah. So uh, that a centre forward. It has yeah. to be the centre. So I, I would, I would maybe suggest it probably needs to be a centre forward or a forward anyway, even if Lukaku stays because they do need another, another forward option. Um, the other the goalkeeper for me would be would be the next the next place I'd be. I'd be looking at the, the two ends of the pitch, the, the bookmarks really. I think, obviously, one centre halves and and yeah, fair enough. But I think you can. You can wait a little longer to get the right centre half once you've got a goalkeeper. But yeah, Lukaku's replacement would be the first and foremost, or Lukaku's supplement. Right. Okay. But, but based on the assumption that that Rom stays, I would say goalkeeper. Ah, I know. I I thought you were going to say no, I'll Gilfie. Well, I would. Yeah, swiftly followed by. Somebody <laughs> like but, um, can you play goal? Can Gilfie <laughs> can play goal? Can no, in terms goalkeeper of goalkeeper first, just purely because that position. See, so, so you keep Rom, you keep Ross, etc. So everything, <coughs> everything else largely stayed the same in that respect. The goalkeeper situation is so up in the air. Yeah, he's changed goalkeeper yeah. now, you know, two or three yeah. times this season. Neither is convinced at any point really. Yeah. Has to be the priority. Get the goalkeeper you want. Get them in early, and then build from there. I would say. Well, yeah, he looks. It, it looks like he would be the one that's on on the list at the minute. I'm sure there's others we do we don't know about. Um, but but certainly Pickford's situation, things won't emerge and become clear until Sunderland's fate is confirmed or not. I mean, they look they yeah. look down. Tomorrow night they play Middlesbrough doesn't they? tomorrow night Sunderland. Do the big one, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and Pickford, uh, uh, you know, as I believe, you know, wouldn't want to play in the Championship. So if Sunderland stay up, it becomes a little bit muddy because he's a local lad and, and obviously loves that club. If they go down, I think it becomes a little bit more obvious that he will leave. 
but Everton won't be the only club in for him, I'm sure of that. I have to say, I think mine would be Sigurdsson, as much as I do agree with you both on, on the need for a goalkeeper. I, I think he definitely has to get a goalkeeper, but the one big thing missing consistently, and that's not a dig at Ross, because, you know, it, albeit not as what I believe is in his natural position as number 10, that number 10 role is what Everton needs more than anything else. And that's, for me, the, the, if you look at your Tottenham's, look at City, you know, United to a lesser extent, certainly Chelsea, Liverpool, Coutinho, Everton just haven't got that lock picker, that player who can do, do you know it what, between the lines. what stood out to me? Yeah, you have Everton on um, social media and I have them on Facebook. And they've been doing this thing now where they're sort of teasing out the goal of the season competition. Yeah. And they're doing a goal, sort of, I think it's a goal every day. They're all, they're all nice enough goals, but they're all sort of, they're all in the box. All these, all these goals, you know, you, you, can you think of too many this season that Everton have scored from outside the penalty area? I did a piece, didn't I, not too long ago? Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure they haven't scored from outside the box. Yeah, well, I, I, the ones I've seen are Davis's goal against City, which is a lovely, lovely goal, well worked. Ron, first minute against um, Bournemouth yeah. that he scored. Yeah. I can't even remember the other, you know, Balassi, I think, was one of them at Burnley, which was, you know, was a, a sort of a pretty mundane goal for the goal of the season competition. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Sigurdsson could have some of them competitions on his own, couldn't he? That's yeah. ones, you know. So I think we've talked about it, me and Phil certainly have, that you don't ever think that Everton are going to score from outside the box. You don't, no. you know, when you get sort of a decent position and you think, yeah. you know, you, you think of teams like, I, I don't know, say Spurs, Spurs yeah. Alley, yeah, work back, or Coutinho Kane. at Liverpool, you know, yeah, you think yeah. when you sort of get 20, you sort of know he's going to shift it and try and shoot far corner. Evan don't really have that. They no. seem to they, they want the extra pass and, and the work into the penalty area, don't they? Yeah. Left over from Martin. Which is fine, end. but you need to mix it up, don't you? So yeah. You need to have the potential to shock an opposition by sometimes not just going through the same mm. set plays as you're trying to pass your way into the final third or whip a crossing from Coleman overlapping. Yeah. Sigurdsson's a good passer, but he's not yeah, just a yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Just going back to the priority position, my, my argument uh, for goalkeeper is striker have been a long sort of drawn out process for Everton and not being able to attract what they thought was a top level striker and we all know about David Moyes having that that progression chart and it was ultimately it, it, it got to Dzeko and then they were told it was 30 million buyout so they had to yeah. sort of revisit now that they've got Rom in the door and assuming he stays obviously I'm basing this that how long is it now that Everton fans and Everton have really been crying out for a quality number one when was the last time Tim Howard was really a, a top level in the Premier League goalkeeper long never. time never for me so well, there you go. There's, you know, I mean, I'm not sure everybody would say he was never good enough, but you know, but that's a case in point that surely no. now, surely now with the funds available and the critical point in terms of where Everton are at at this this kind of junction in their short term, medium term history, surely they have to throw so much money at a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have to say Nigel Martin, really, wouldn't you? If you yeah. if you accepted that even at the height of his powers, Tim Howard was. Sometimes very yeah, competent very player. competent, reliable, albeit flawed in some respects, but but you know solid mm. at the height of his powers, arguably 08, 09, 09, 10. Then you know the decline. We're talking seven, eight years. Then. Yeah, exactly. He had two declining seasons. The last one, you know, markedly so. Yeah. So you're looking at, and the thing is about Pickford as well. I know we've, you know, we said this in the last podcast, but. The thing is about him is that he's obviously proven this season that he, he's a really good potential young shot stopper. Not potential, so he's done it. Mm. He's been busy all season as well. But then he, he's young, isn't he? And he's just like... Well, that's I've, got, I've got my doubts about Pickford. I've seen a few few goals go past him. I thought, and, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know whether he's maybe been worn down by Sunderland season mm. and he's sort of or the inevitable dip in form in a twenty one year old or is, or is it a law of averages that you you know you face so many shots yeah, yeah. ultimately you're Indeed. gonna I don't you know, know. Uh, but Greg's right, there's, there's no guarantee with Pickford, there's, there's no guarantee with any sign no. but certainly a twenty one year old who's been at Sunderland, he's been on loan at Preston and other you know, other mm. football league clubs. He still hasn't proven it at a level that Everton are going to aspire be aspiring to. I guess it. I guess that's why you you couldn't rule out Forster, could you? Yeah. Really, because Kuma's worked with him clearly. Him. I just don't see it. No, I like Joe, but I don't see it. I think I think last season was the time to get him if they really really wanted him. Um, where does he go? Where, where does Joe Hart goes this summer? You know, what what, what are his options? Can he go back to City? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't see Pep swallowing his pride. No. And I also don't see Cumin as that type of manager either. He's quite publicly said no. Not he's not criticised Joe, has he? But he's kind of said no. I don't see him going back. He doesn't strike me as that sort of person. That's why I don't. I don't really see him reversing any of his decisions. I got asked about me ass at the weekend down at the, yeah. down at the game, and somebody said to me, "Oh well, you know, he's played. He's played well. He's he scored some goals for Hull. He's going to hopefully keep them up." Type of thing. Do you, do you see a way back? I said no. Ronald's made his decision, and I don't see him going back on it. Has he done enough for three now? To, I mean, I don't. Be brutally really. honest, I just don't no, know enough about it. I couldn't. Spot. I couldn't tell you. Definitely, I've seen a couple of great saves and a couple of howlers from him. Which kind of Joe Hart. He will get a Premier League club. Yeah, he should do. He's, Eng- he's England's goalkeeper. You know, Comfortably. The, yeah, you know, it's it's whether anybody. I'm just thinking of who's, who literally who needs a goalkeeper. You know. Mm. Is Southampton would Southampton swap well, Joe Hart for Foster? That would be a good percent. example of a club that would probably be looking at something like Joe Hart. I mean, not saying you would go, but you know, you're Bournemouth, yeah, Newcastle. Well, not a bad like show, is it? Big yeah. club, yeah. Um, we were talking as well before, weren't we? About in terms of we won't dwell on it too much because don't want you slitting your wrist at the end of this. But that was a stinker, as we've well established on Saturday. Some of your worst Everton games, you know, just. I mean, Phil, we, we said earlier today, didn't we? You know, that wasn't even really in your in your top five, as bad as it was, because that last season of Martinez. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms wow. of... Well yeah. well, yeah, in terms of lack of action, the lack of anything going on, that will be up there. Yeah. I thought the first 45 minutes against Leicester on Boxing Day was, was possibly going to be as bad as it would ever get. But West Ham showed me differently. Um, obviously, in terms of horrific games something at the end of last season Anfield at the end of last season was, was awful Chelsea earlier this season was pretty yeah, poor, yeah. but in fire. terms of just outright boredom a game of football phew. go back to your Southport your Southport days oh, or your Marine crikey I've spent nights at Osset Albion watching <laughs> Marine I think like yeah stuff like that <laughs> Not therapy for a nil-nil one. Some, some of Echo FC's games as well on on them when you know, are, they, there's always goals at one end though. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> and then it swaps in the second half. Um, I, I shared some with you, Greg. We, we were at Hull on New Year's Day and uh, Martinez's second season was that, wasn't it? Was well, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just, just let those words sink in. We were at Hull on New Year's Day. I yeah. tell you one that was a real stinker: the Bate Borisov one before Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah, do you remember? At least it was, at least it was lovely and warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about you? Were at, I remember you being at. I think you were at. Was it Everton nil, Wolves nil? Was it on the same day Liverpool played in the FA Cup final? Was that a Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was, and and yeah, 
I remember watching that game, or the highlights, as you might call them, and thinking, wow, these were the highlights. <laughs> these, this is what they've, they've decided. I mean, I didn't throw in. I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't do those those two. The second and third games of the Martinez reign. You know, the first oh, season. Cardiff, West Brom and Cardiff. What were they like? I Cardiff was naughty, wasn't it? Interesting because obviously the background of it all, yeah, you know, but, and yeah. but if you're taking the, the, awful. the context out of it, well, Cardiff, Cardiff was played, the game looked like it was played in the rough. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It looked like golf. The, 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 gra- the grass of Cardiff looked, <laughs> honest to God, like it was up to like my waist. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see over it. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. I thought I'd invite him. The game, the game was played like. It was long grass. The ball was just—it wasn't even rolling, was it? I, mean, I just remember thinking at one stage you would have. I think Marky McKay was was Cardiff yeah, manager, was, yeah. and if, if yeah. you just said, "Listen, let's just—it's a nice day." Yeah. Just, the second half, <laughs> feel like, let's just let's just get over. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one needs it. this. Yeah. Life. No. Nil yeah. nil's fine by us, yeah. and, and that's how it was played. But as Greg said, I think it was a bit interesting afterwards because I'm sure the post match. I think I remember I remember doing it actually, and it was all about. Gareth Barry was going to sign, and Fellaini and Baines were, yeah, were yeah. set to go to United. Obviously, only one did. I suppose what we haven't obviously referenced the unspoken is is um, any game under Walter Smith would probably tip yeah, the Preno, I mean, Preno would have Preno would have played eight defenders, wasn't it? Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose yeah, it puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. When you think not, not too, maybe we shouldn't be too uh, not too distant memory. Mike Walker area, Mike Walker area well, it was always always caught up. Unfortunately, it was uh, well yeah. mercifully short lived, but uh, yeah, too long by uh, by some counts anyway. But you see, this film almost certainly, almost certainly, touch wood, it won't be in any. You get a reaction on Saturday, and you'll see everything. It at least give Chelsea a game. Well, and it's just again, what is well, it's at home, isn't it? It's a huge game and. You know, scores to settle in that respect because Everton got their backsides handed to them big time in November. Me and Josie were down there. Um, Chelsea were very good that day. I mean, we can't disguise the fact that they were good, but it was, it was, I remember, was it, what was it, Cumin say, Jonesy? It was like we tried to go man for man yeah. and it, you know, it didn't yeah. work and he was basically. We, we weren't aggressive, he said. We I, think he, aggression, I yeah. think he basically hung everybody out to try apart from Adrissa Guy, basically saying he was the only yeah. one, we need more Adrissa Guys and all that type of thing. It, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When it reminded me that was a constant mantra over the first half mm. of this first season aggression, aggression, aggression. Yeah. Always lacking it. Oh, there was none of that on Saturday. To their credit, well, I was about to say, yeah. To the credit, largely, he's not said that as much no. as he must see the, yeah. the requisite, you know, Davis, not aggression, but sometimes aggression. You know, mm. he can put his foot in and he will. Yeah. Sometimes a bit rashly and he'll get pick up bookings, but he's having a go. Gay's always had that to his game. And Schneiderlin can be a bit, a bit of a narc, can't he? He yeah, can put his yeah. foot in, he's yeah. commanding. I, I, I think Sunday what, naturally lends itself to that, though, because it's, it, it's really, yeah. you know, not for us, lot, but for everybody else, that game is set up for Chelsea. It's, yeah. a, it's a game there. Can they go to Goodison? One of the most, one of the strongest home records in the league, yeah. and pass the test to win this league because Spurs are uh, breathing yeah. down the necks. Yeah. That for me is motivation enough. If you're an Everton player, yeah. go and ruin it for them. I agree. No, it is big time. And just a quick last word, Phil, just to close up on. I'd be remiss for us not to mention the 23s. You know, yes. Absolutely fantastic yeah. um, achievements by Unzi and the lads there, John Everill and Co. Mm. All of them deserve a massive clap on the back. And you know we've written quite a lot today about that, but. One last game of the season left, a great opportunity for fans to go watch, isn't it? Free entry at Goodison on May the 8th. Um, you know, 
you know, it's set up perfectly. Well, I say perfectly. It would have been set up perfectly anyway if I ever yeah. to go well, and get a month off, in. Yeah. But it will be a celebration now, won't it? And um, no, they've been terrific. And I think I think what's what's set Everton apart this season in the 23s level. There's a lot of good teams in that level. A lot of really good players. City have just got some unbelievable footballers, and they will. There'll be a force again next season. It'll be a really interesting uh, race next season. But this Everton team have been streetwise. They've had more. They've had a maturity about them. The other the other teams haven't. They make less mistakes. I think they've conceded the fewest goals. They look more of an of a team than the others. And they've had to deal with loans, injuries, promotions to the first team. I don't think he's played the same eleven probably consistently. He's not had the opportunity, Unzi. But there was just there was just a grittiness early on about. About that team, and I wrote a piece in September after they, I think they'd beaten United two 0 in third gear at, at Southport, and Unzi was 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 not having it at this stage. But I said this looks like a team that can seriously challenge, and it's proved that way. And you know it's been a bit hairy in the past couple of weeks. They got beat by City, and there's a few wobbles, but no, the, the best team always wins the league, and and they've they've been that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you can't argue, can you? It's. Uh, I, I, Talking about being streetwise there and sort of aggressive and a team, I think it's reflective of me who the manager is in Definitely. terms of that. I think yeah. you get a lot of teams who are like that. And, you know, you can argue till the cows come home about you know does it mean anything to win the under twenty threes league? But it's not a bad thing for the club at all, is it? And it'll be a great day on um, on May yeah. the eighth for everyone to go down there and hopefully, you know, get a good crowd. And you're talking about twenty thousand. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, look, you know. But, how good would that be? And, and I put it to Unzi this morning. I said, in many respects, you've had the perfect season. You've won the league. You've brought players up from the 18s, people like Nathan Broadhead, for example. Benny Beningamy is just flying at the minute. But you've also promoted them into the first team. You know, you could not have asked for any more, really, from that season. So hopefully it's a, it's a sign of things to come. And, uh, no, they're brilliant, really. Yeah, definitely. Well, certainly we'd all endorse that, I'm sure. Thank you very much for listening to this. Um, remind you just once again about Beer52 beer52.com you can go there and get your tenner off your case of eight beers um, and maybe come Sunday it'll be you can enjoy one of your beers from Denmark Colorado Belgium wherever they're from with a bit more of a celebratory as part as apart from a commiseratory which would have been on Saturday thanks for listening and we'll be back towards the end of the week to preview in a bit more length the Chelsea game